created live on Fireside. Hey, everyone. How are you? Welcome to YNS Live with my guest, Jason Pfeiffer. He is a champion of change, editor-in-chief at Entrepreneur Magazine, podcast host for Build Tomorrow and Problem Solvers, and he has a book coming in 2022. Wanted to welcome you, Jason, to Fireside and YNS Live. How are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Thanks for introducing me to Fireside. It's my first time here. Yes, I'm excited. And I know we, you know, I know we are short on time. So I have very specific questions for you. Great. Which um, yes, I'm excited to hear because this is what my show is all about. It's really about inspiring people. So everyone in the audience, Mike, uh, Stephanie, and Shelby, and I know people are gonna be in Tina, people are gonna be coming in and out. If you guys want to broadcast live, those two little lines down to the bottom of the show out to different places. If you're listening on LinkedIn Live, hi. If you're on Twitch, how are you doing? Uh, Facebook and Twitter. So this is two, it's like an A and B question. Okay. Great. So, oh. and, and answer it however you want to do it. But how do you think storytelling has shaped your life? And when did you realize you were good at it? Oh, good questions. A and B. Oh, I see. A and B because they're kind of two of the same. So storytelling, what I discovered is that if you can tell if you can share an insight or a piece of information by way of sharing a story that people understand it better. And it also is just more fun to tell. And I found it took a while. It takes a while to find the right stories and to also be good at telling them. And a mistake that I still make today is that I back up too much. Like my instinct is always to start at the very, very beginning and lead up. But sometimes I realize that, you know, I didn't need the five minute lead in to this one thing. But what I have found now is that when I am at my best, I am combining three things, um, which is to say every time that I am writing a column in the magazine, I'm speaking on stage, I'm doing something like this, being interviewed on a podcast, uh, a combination of three things works best. And that is one, a big idea with a name. So I have a whole lot of them. Reconsider the impossible, work your next job, these big ideas with names. And then a story about somebody who did it, and then a story about me trying it. And when I combine all of that together, I find that people really connect with the thing that I'm talking about because it can't just be that you tell them some information. People don't like information. People don't process information. They process stories. So I don't know when I figured that out exactly. I think it's a thing that just kind of always evolved, and I'm probably still figuring it out. Right. So I love that. And I love how you broke it down for people to actually think about it, right? They can write that down and actually take those actions and put them into work. So just for an example, I realized I was really good at storytelling when I had children. I used to come up with the, and I can't believe I never wrote it down. Like we would have series of, I mean, literally my three kids would sit there with those big giant eyes. And I know you're a father mm -hmm. and I would just make up things. And I would have people saying, oh, where did you get that story? And I'm like, oh, I just made it up. And they would yeah. be like, you literally just made that whole thing up. I'm like, yes. Now the funny thing is, and my listeners know, and my viewers know that I never saw myself as a creative person. Um, I was an athlete. I'm dyslexic. So school was really tough for me. So I never saw that as a creative a creative thing until I became older and realized, wait a second, <laughs> storytelling is so creative and it actually is so powerful because people get to know you in a different way, right? Yeah, although I will actually challenge your use of the word creative here. And the reason okay. is because I think that sometimes people 
categorize themselves as, I'm a creative person, I'm not a creative person, therefore I can do this, or I can do that, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. And, and that often, I think, inhibits people from telling stories, from writing, from all sorts of forms of communication. And I would say to you, don't think, and not you, Julia, but you know, <laughs> you, don't think of creative as some kind of hurdle or something that you have to have in order to get to the next day. It, it doesn't work like that. I mean, when you go back to what I just said a moment ago, I have come up with a formula for storytelling, right? That's not a creative thing. That is a blueprint. That is a, I'm laying bricks. I mean, honestly, I've been in, I've been in, in journalism and writing my entire career. I have done a, a lot of it. I've written for, you know, whatever, the New York Times, Washington Post, everybody I, I've worked at, and now I run a, a national magazine. Um, I've published a, 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 a novel with my wife. Uh, you know, I'm working on another book. I, I've done a lot of writing. I, I don't consider it creative work. I don't. I consider it bricklaying. It is pattern recognition. It's understanding how stories fit together, how information fits together. And uh, you do that by seeing how other people do it. And then you replicate it to the best of your ability and you figure out what works. Everything that I do in some way or another is based off of a pattern that I recognize by seeing how it worked with somebody else, trying it myself, failing, trying it again, and seeing how I can pull things together. It's not creative work. There's no muse. I'm not sitting around and waiting for like, you know, some, right. some Greek demigod to strike me. It's just pattern recognition. Anybody can do it. And so I also love that you said that because for me, I was told I wasn't creative by like an art teacher, right? So in my head, and it wasn't like a, I'm a very confident person. So it wasn't that it really um, damaged me. But then when I think back, it did hinder me from thinking, oh, I could do something where in, you know, being creative in storytelling by coming up with those kind of creative stories. So there is, I believe there's a side that's the creative. And then there's also the side of the bricklaying, like you said, like it is something that you can learn. It's not something that it is all, always a gift, but there is a gift. I believe that God or the universe, whoever you believe in gives you that a little bit, but you're right. A lot of times people will say, well, I can't do it because of X, Y, and Z, and they never try it. Right. And if yeah. I didn't try it, I wouldn't have realized, or if I didn't get that aha moment when I was walking my dogs, I would never have really thought of myself as, wait a second, I'm really creative. And why would I tell myself that narrative? Yeah. I, you know, I don't know. Right now, I, I'm the, the field that I'm exploring next for me, not that I'm like planning on transitioning into a full time, but I like to add, right? I don't like to subtract. I like to add. So it is television. So I'm having a lot of conversations with a lot of TV producers. And I put things together, having never done this before, and people who are very experienced are like, that's really smart. Now, I don't think that that's because I'm some smart, creative guy. I honestly don't. I think it's because a skill set of mine is seeing uh, something else, picking it apart, getting a sense of why this works and this works and this works, and then taking that formula and just applying it to something else, right? Like I'm coming up with TV concepts because I've watched a bunch of TV and I see what they're doing. And then I just figure out how to do that version of it. I don't think that that's that creative, to be honest with you. I think that that's just pattern recognition and everybody can apply a skill to skills are transferable, right? And I think that it's a it's a question of where your passion is, uh, what's that intersection of what you're good at, 
and what you're interested in and how you feel liberated to try to transfer that skills. I think a lot of people, for example, from my industry, from the magazine world would say, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to come up with TV. I don't know how to get on stage and write a keynote. Yes, you do. You do. You're just not spending the time figuring out the elements of it and how the things that you already know how to do can help you in this new arena. Right. And you you touched on the word passion. And I know in all my shows, people know we talk about it all the time. And I have had people you know, say, there's so many people that are like always looking for their passion. So they never actually do anything, right? They're always like, oh, it's not my passion. It's not my passion. And I do agree with that um, because it is one of those things that sometimes your passion is something that maybe is not going to be a moneymaker, but it's going to give you legs in life to actually live a better life, which then in turn is could have you kind of run into what you're meant to be doing. So what is your thought on the word passion? Because I know, again, I love passion purpose. Like I think that's uh, so important for me. I know personally that's something important. That's kind of what makes my life. Like I will never want to sit there and not be passionate about something. Now, I'm yeah. passionate every moment of, no, I'm not passionate every moment of my life, but I love doing things like this. Like I know this lights my fire. I'll jump downstairs. I'll talk to my husband and my kids, you know, Hey, I just, you know, spoke to Jason Fiverr. Have you guys ever thought about this? Cause I love learning from people. And I love, again, the stories. I love mm-hmm. the stories that other people can share. So what is your thought on like the passion purpose? You know, I guess sometimes it is, I'm going to do a little air quote there. Some people make it where they never do anything because they're always seeking that. Yeah, I think that's because they're defining their passion and their purpose too narrowly. So an example, I have a friend. His name is not Tom, but we're just going to call him Tom. And Tom was obsessed with one magazine. And I've known him a long, long time. And he was obsessed with this one magazine. Always wanted to work for this one magazine. Did everything that he could to work for this one magazine. Every choice that he made throughout his career was building towards eventually applying for and being considered at this magazine. And then he got the job. And I will tell you something. Sucked. Sucked. Just job <laughs> sucked, right? Job sucked. <laughs> the job was, it was, it didn't pay that well. Uh, it was not that creatively satisfying. The hours were absolutely awful. It was just, it sucked. It was not a good experience, but he stayed there for a very long time because he had convinced himself that this was his passion was working at this particular magazine, doing this particular kind of work. And, and the idea of being there was still satisfying enough for a while, even though the actual experience of being there wasn't satisfying. That is defining your passion too narrowly. Right. Here's what I did, which is not to say that I'm like some smart guy, but I just happened to take a different path. And that was that I didn't really know where I wanted to go. All I did, all I knew was that I was excited to learn. And because I was excited to learn, I was very focused on what I knew and what I didn't know throughout my career. What skills do I have? What skills do I see other people have that I don't have that I need the experience to get? And that is what then guided my my journey. That's why if you look at my resume, it's like a ridiculous zigzag. I'm taking all these jobs that don't seem to make sense, but they do if you are in my head and you know that when I was sitting at this job, I was thinking, I don't know how to do this thing. And I'm not going to learn it at this job. So I'm done here. I'm leaving. And now I'm over there, right? I've ne- Nobody has ever convinced me to stay at a job. I, I'm, I'm there and then I leave and uh, goodbye because I got what I needed. Now I'm going to go somewhere else. And that enabled me to build enough skill sets that when I came across something that I was truly passionate about, which is, again, I don't really use that word, but which is the work that I'm doing right now, um, I was, I, I had, I had a body of knowledge that I could apply to it to do it. And, uh, and so 
now I look back and I think, well, you know what? Like, for example, Entrepreneur Magazine. I never heard of Entrepreneur Magazine for a lot of my career, right? I started as a community newspaper in Massachusetts. You think I heard of Entrepreneur Magazine? Never. But, uh, but here I am. And I love it, and and I love all the other things that it's enabled me to do, and and so I I followed a passion, but it was a very broad passion. I think narrow passion is where you run into trouble. No, I love that, and I think you explained that so well. So that kind of I know we have about three more minutes. Anyone that's in the audience, Jason is. I literally was like, give me fifteen minutes. Like <laughs> I want to show you this platform. I want to. I have a thousand questions I've always wanted to ask you, and so we're going to do it here live on Fireside, so that makes sense. So can you tell us a little bit about Opportunity A and B, and what that is? Like, what does that mean to you? Oh can yeah, you sure. Can I mean, you do that in two minutes. Yeah, yeah okay. that's very related to what I do. So yeah, so let, let me fit that in. And thanks. And sorry, this is all. This is all very short. I. I these days are absolutely crazy. Uh, I, I Leading into this, I was working on my book, which I have to file by November 18th. And then directly after this, I have to run out to a physical therapy appointment because my lower back is killing me. So that's the days that no, I have. And, and we so. appreciate you giving it. I mean, I appreciate just being able to have you on here oh, yeah. for, like this. This is actually great. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I, I don't make an excuse. I just, you know, it's just, it's nice. People come into my world. So, okay. Opportunity set A to opportunity set B. So what that is, actually, funny enough, I mean, earlier I told you I like ideas with names. This is an idea with a name, and its name is Work Your Next Job. So Work Your Next Job goes like this. This is my philosophy on on, on how to build a career. This is what I did. I, I wasn't doing it consciously throughout a lot of my career, but as I look back, I realize this is what I was doing. In front of you, you right now, <laughs> are two sets of opportunities in front of me as well, in front of all of us. Opportunity set A, opportunity set B. Opportunity set A is everything that is asked of you. At your job, you show up, people have expectations of you, you're measured in certain ways, whatever that is, that's opportunity set A. Do a good job, you get a promotion, et cetera, et cetera. Opportunity set B is everything that's available to you that nobody is asking you to do. Now, that can be at your job, but it doesn't have to be at your job. It also could just be like in the world, right? I, uh, I make podcasts. I don't know why I needed the microphone to do that, but like I make podcasts. Nobody told me to do that, right? And that wasn't ever a part of my job at first. I just was interested in it. It was an opportunity that was available to me that nobody asked me to do. And I am here to tell you that opportunity set B is always more important. Opportunity set A is fine. You got to do it. Pay the bills. If you don't do opportunity set A, you're going to get fired. I understand that's a problem. Opportunity set A, important. But if you only focus on opportunity set A, you will only be qualified to do the things that you are already doing. Opportunity set B is where growth happens. That is where you start to build the foundation for whatever it is that comes next. And you don't need to have an ROI attached to that. You don't need to know why did you start a podcast? You don't need to know why did I learn this new skill? You don't need to know why did I start like, I don't know, a show on Fireside? Well, wh why? I don't know. But when you do it, you will learn something. And you know, sometimes it's going to be really valuable and sometimes it's not. But I guarantee you that over the long run, you will expand your abilities to the point where you will be able to do things that had you just stood in line doing opportunities that hey, you would have never done. And that's the reason that I have, I, I'm sure of it, the career that I have right now. I'll just give you one example. I mean, I'm now I'm at the time that I promised, but I'm going to just keep going for one more minute and then uh, I'm going to rush to my physical therapist. So, uh, so I like, wh why, 
why am I able to do some basic things here right now? Which is like, I'm looking at the camera, uh, making eye with the camera. I'm talking in this way that is very animated. What is this? This is that when I was at Fast Company, which was years and years and years ago as a print magazine editor, that there was a video department that started. And nobody asked me to join the video department, but I said, you know, I think I'd like to learn how to be on camera. Maybe that's useful in some way. And so I, I did, I volunteered, they put me on camera. It turns out I was kind of good at it. And uh, we did a whole bunch of things and I got very comfortable on camera. I thought to myself at the time, is that gonna turn into a, a TV? Is somebody gonna give me a TV show? The answer is no, nobody's ever given me a TV. I mean, now I'm having these conversations, but no, nobody's ever given me a TV show. And uh, what was the point of it? Well, the point of it, as I now look back on it, is that um, it helped me feel more confident. It helped me learn how to speak more confidently. It helped me go on video and then on television and then on stage and then make podcasts all because of this kind of growing skill set that I was building. And then when years later, when I applied to, 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 well, when I sort of came in to talk about being editor in chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, one of the things that they really liked about me was that I was able to go out and represent the brand well. They knew that I could go out and be a kind of face of brand and talk and be and be good at it, and that was really appealing to them. Now, I could have never thought about that or planned for that back when I said, you know, I'll just get in front of the camera at Fast Company. But by building that skill. I was able to leapfrog what I think I otherwise would have been able to accomplish by just like focusing on my opportunities at A at Fast Company. And that is why opportunities at B is always more important. I love that. Okay. So I know you have to run, so I'm going to bring the music up. I just wanted to say thank you. And I could talk more about that like a thousand because I had so much to add, but I'll talk to myself afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much. And I hope your back feels better. And I know you, you have tons of stuff that you are doing right now. So I love it. And um, thanks again. Thanks, hey, Jason. Thank Thanks, everybody. I appreciate it. Yes. We're going to give a little music. Yay. And we'll say bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you for joining Fireside and your next stop with guest Jason Pfeiffer. If you guys like what you hear, join us every week. We are here. I'm actually here twice a week. So um, we will see you guys next week with another fascinating guest that teaches us a little something different about the world. 